Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the Merkel Treehouse. Today, on September 13th, 2023, we've got a special treat for you. Pinto Pete is right here in the studio to unveil the very first chapter of his much-anticipated Block Size War docuseries. Pinto, how's it going? Well, let me tell you, my personal life's been a real rough ride lately. But hey, that's a tale for another campfire chat. What I really want to holler about today is my latest venture in the world of production. I've hitched my wagon to the mighty Merkel Treehouse players, and let me tell you, it's been one heck of a ride. And talking about the heart and soul of this operation, none other than the maestro himself, Horace Morris. That fella has been conjuring up some spine-tingling narrations and tunes that'll send shivers down your spine. It's the kind of work that makes you sit up and take notice. So, hats off to you, Horace, for bringing your A-game to the table. You're the grooviest, Pinto. Of course, I make sure to sprinkle my own recollections all over the place. It's a little seasoning of the past that I'm downright proud of, I'll tell you that much. But I reckon it's only fair to give credit where credit's due, and that's why I want to tip my hat to Bitmex Research and their mighty fine book, The Block Size War, by the one and only Jonathan Beer. If you want to dive deep into the whole dang story, we'll have a link to it right there in them show notes. Well, let's not keep the audience waiting any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here's Chapter 1 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War. In the warm haze of Saturday, August 15, 2015, a seismic event shook the Bitcoin landscape, sending shockwaves through the whole community. This momentous occurrence marked the genesis of the Block Size War, a conflict that would shape the future of Bitcoin. At its center were two revered figures in the world of Bitcoin development. Mike Hearn, an early developer known for his daring innovations, and Gavin Andreessen, the heir apparent to Satoshi Nakamoto. What made this day extraordinary was not just the introduction of a new Bitcoin client called Bitcoin XT, it was Gavin Andreessen's unexpected endorsement of Mike Hearn's audacious project. This unlikely alliance marked the beginning of the block size war, a conflict that would challenge the very essence of Bitcoin's principles and technology. The battle lines were drawn, and the war had commenced. Transaction volume on the Bitcoin network has been growing, and will soon reach the 1 megabyte every 10 minutes limit imposed by the 1 megabyte maximum block size. Increasing the maximum size reduces the impact of that limit on Bitcoin adoption and growth. Gavin Andreessen, Bitcoin Improvement Proposal 101. Two days later, The Guardian would report in their pages that Bitcoin is facing civil war. Chapter 1. Battle Lines Are Drawn Well, you see, Bitcoin, it ain't just your run-of-the-mill currency. It's a real frontier, an experiment that pushes the boundaries of technology, economics, and governance. 
Now, from the get-go, folks were worried about how it could handle all the traffic and them concerns. They've been hanging round like a stubborn tumbleweed in the wind. In fact, if you take a look back to the very start, that very first comment on Satoshi's Bitcoin proposal, it was all about scaling. In the battlefront we stood when their fiercest charge they made. We very, very much need such a system. But the way I understand your proposal, it does not seem to scale to the required size. To detect and reject a double spending event in a timely manner, one must have most past transactions of the coins in the transaction, which, naively implemented, requires each peer to have most past transactions, or most past transactions that occurred recently. If hundreds of millions of people are doing transactions, that is a lot of bandwidth. Each must know all, or a substantial part thereof. James A. Donald. The Cryptography Mailing List. November the 2nd, 2008. When Bitcoin first hit the scene, there weren't no block size limit to speak of. It was like a wild stallion running free and untamed. But folks started wondering about what might happen if them blocks got too big, like them 32 megabyte monsters. Then, on a summer day, July 15, 2010, Satoshi did something mighty curious. He just up and released a soft fork, without much fuss or explanation, that capped them blocks at a humble one megabyte. In under a month from Satoshi's cap introduction, renowned developer Jeff Garzik entered the scene with a mission to remove what he saw as a restrictive element in Bitcoin's code. He argued that because this change would hinder Bitcoin's future scalability, it would impact its adoption and marketing efforts. Many developers opposed Garzik's patch vehemently. The reason was plain, applying this patch would make a node incompatible with the Bitcoin network itself. It can be phased in, when we're near the cutoff block number, I can put an alert to old versions to make sure they know they have to upgrade. Satoshi Nakamoto, BitcoinTalk.org Forum, October 4, 2010. To those who championed the concept of larger blocks, this statement was a glimmer of hope suggesting that Satoshi Nakamoto's one megabyte limit on block size was merely a temporary measure. Yet, on the opposing side of this ideological chasm, the small blockers objected. Their concerns were rooted in the fundamental tenets of Bitcoin's architecture and philosophy. They saw any attempt to raise the block size as a perilous journey towards a hard fork, a schism that could potentially fragment the network itself. For the small blockers, Unity and consensus were paramount virtues, and employing a hard fork without widespread agreement was nothing short of heresy. In their eyes, this proposal was tantamount to an attack on the very essence of the Bitcoin network. They drew strength from the belief that Satoshi Nakamoto had previously cautioned against such a course of action. If Bitcoin catches on in a big way, these are things we'll want to explore in the future, but they all had to be designed at the beginning to make sure they would be possible later. I don't believe a second, compatible implementation of Bitcoin will ever be a good idea. So much of the design depends on all nodes getting exactly identical results in lockstep that a second implementation would be a menace to the network. Satoshi Nakamoto. BitcoinTalk.org Forum. June 17, 2010. Small blockers. Well, they had their suspicions about Gavin and Mike. It looked to them like them two were trying to take the reins and steer the future of Bitcoin down a different trail. 
They reckoned that Gavin and Mike, well, their words and actions, they just didn't seem to fit the Bitcoin mold. It was like they were rustling up a whole new herd of ideas in them small blockers they didn't take too kindly to it. Gavin Andreessen and Mike Hearn did nothing to assuage this skepticism, as evidenced by a Q&A in London that they attended in April of that year. This is a comment from Mike Hearn. Um, the, the, the really hard part about that is it's impossible to get clear decision-making out of Bitcoin Core. I'm sorry, Gavin, but this is true. Like, if you accept money to do an upgrade to Bitcoin Core, there's no guarantee that the code will be accepted. And you cannot, like, go to anyone and ask, right? You can't say, if I write this code, will it be accepted? Because there's no uh, hierarchical decision-making process there. And I actually disagree. I, I would actually like to see there be less consensus in Bitcoin development and more authoritarianism. So uh, that will annoy lots of people. <laughs> This is Gavin Andreessen. What else would I change about uh, Bitcoin? Oh, no maximum block size. I think Satoshi made a mistake putting in that one megabyte limit when he did. I don't think that was necessary. And I think it's just causing nothing but political headaches for years, as somebody pointed out. <laughs> I mean, I, that may be what has to happen with the block size, frankly. I may just have to throw my weight around and say, this is the way it's going to be. And if you don't like it, find another project. In July 2015, Bitcoin developer Peter Wella proposed a block size increase via a gradual hard fork, but neither side was enthusiastic. Large blockers sought a quicker increase to outpace demand, while small blockers prioritized block relevance to maintain network integrity. A mere nine days after Bitcoin XT's launch, a pivotal letter of support emerged from influential Bitcoin companies, further intensifying the controversy. Our community stands at a crossroads. After lengthy conversations with core developers, miners, our own technical teams, and other industry participants, we believe it is imperative that we plan for success by raising the maximum block size. We support the implementation of BIP 101. We have found Gavin's arguments on both the need for larger blocks and the feasibility of their implementation, while safeguarding Bitcoin's decentralization, to be convincing. BIP 101 and 8 megabyte blocks are already supported by a majority of the miners, and we feel it is time for the industry to unite behind this proposal. August 24, 2015. Small blockers strongly objected to the proposal, viewing it as undue influence from larger Bitcoin companies and a threat to the grassroots nature of the movement. And then a new wrinkle emerged that stoked more division. XT will, if or when its hard fork is activated, diverge from Bitcoin and create a separate network-slash-currency. Therefore, it and services that support it should not be allowed on our Bitcoin. In the extremely unlikely event that the vast majority of the Bitcoin economy switches to XT and there is a strong perception that XT is the true Bitcoin, then the situation will flip and we should allow only submissions related to XT. Michael Marquardt aka Thamos our Bitcoin moderator and owner of BitcoinTalk.org. August 17, 2015. For larger blockers, the introduction of this moderation policy was seen as outright censorship, leading to passionate protests and further intensifying the conflict. Around that time, we could start seeing the differences between them large blockers and them small blockers. It was like watching two herds of cattle heading in opposite directions. Now, them large blockers, they were all about the here and now, thinking about the short haul. They wanted to make things smoother for the folks using Bitcoin day to day. 
but them small blockers, they had their eyes set on the horizon, looking towards the long haul. They aimed to make the whole system tougher than a bull's hide, ready to weather any storm. You see, large blockers, they were after that quick growth like a shooting star. But small blockers, they were more focused on making sure the land stayed fertile, thinking about sustainability like tending to a good crop. And when it came to their ways, large blockers were pragmatic and business-minded, like folks trading in the market square. While them small blockers, they were a bunch of scientific and theoretical thinkers, sharp as a cactus needle, most of them knowing their way around computers and cryptography like a snake in the grass. The question of where Satoshi Nakamoto's allegiance would have lain remained a mystery, as he had departed the project long before these debates took center stage. However, in a surprising turn of events, Satoshi just may have made a notable appearance in the debate in 2015. On the very day when Bitcoin XT was released, an email emerged from an address associated with Satoshi. I have been following the recent block size debates through the mailing list. I had hoped the debate would resolve and that a fork proposal would achieve widespread consensus. However, with the formal release of Bitcoin XT, this looks unlikely to happen, and so I am forced to share my concerns about this very dangerous fork. The developers of this pretender Bitcoin claim to be following my original vision, but nothing could be further from the truth. When I designed Bitcoin, I designed it in such a way as to make future modifications to the consensus rules difficult, without near-unanimous agreement. Bitcoin was designed to be protected from the influence of charismatic leaders, even if their name is Gavin Andreessen, Barack Obama, or Satoshi Nakamoto. But was it really him? Excellent work, Pinto. When can our eager audience expect the next thrilling chapter? We're fixing to roll out a fresh chapter every Wednesday in the coming months. So I sure hope y'all keep them peepers peeled and check in regular-like. We'll be mighty pleased to have you riding shotgun with us on this here journey. Thank you, Pinto. Now stick around. Eli and Polly have prepared a segment dedicated to the block size war. What insights do you have for us today, children? Eli? Polly? We're here, Ms. Merkel. Hi, Miss Merkel. Hi, Mr. Pinto. Where is your music, your audience? Well, honestly, we didn't have a segment ready about the block size war. This has all been a ruse. A ruse? Yeah, you know, like a ploy or a scheme. Or subterfuge. What are you two up to? Well, you see, we knew today was Mr. Pinto's big day with his new show and all. Yeah, and we have a big surprise for him. Well, ain't that nice and thoughtful. What is this surprise? Mr. Pinto, we would like for you to meet our granny. Pinto Pete, you old coot. My lord, Patty, is that you? Eli and Polly are your grandkids? I suppose it's a very small world, Pinto. My heart just dang near leapt out of my chest. Sweetheart, why have you refused to talk to me, to see me? Pinto, I live a busy life, and, you know, you just move so fast. I wasn't sure I was ready to be swept off my feet. But Eli and Polly here, well, they said some mighty good things about you. I told Granny you would make the coolest grandpa in the world. 
Why, thank you, Polly. I should buy you a pony for that. A pony? Wow! Polly! Oh, I mean, thanks, but I'd prefer Bitcoin. Well, then, how about I give you and your brother one shiny new Bitcoin apiece? Score. See, Polly? I told you we would stack big if we could pull this off. Now, hold on. Cool them jets, cowboy. I want to take things slow. And you better hodl onto me better than you hodl onto your Bitcoin. Fair enough. We'll go slow. Real slow. How about I take you out to dinner sometime? I'd love that, Pinto. Great. I'll pick you up at seven. I gotta get. Oh, yeah. I'd say we have us a love connection. Hit it, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, what better way to end today's show? Thanks for sticking around and be sure to join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the best in Bitcoin mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. See you on Sunday, folks. Mm-hmm.